I'm probably going to make some people mad today. I'm just going to put that out there. I'm feeling kind of saucy. Yes! I kind of want to make some people mad. Let's do this. And so, you just want to start with that? Are you guys, I mean, PJ, you weren't here yesterday, so we haven't gotten your thoughts on the college football weekend that was. We can, we can start there. I mean, Georgia basketball's back tonight. I know we're all amped up to talk about the team predicted to finish last in the SEC preseason. Always. Watching Tom Crean ruin all of Mark Fox's hard work. <laughs> so we can we start there. I'm just going to put it out to you guys. Like, You want to make somebody mad? You want to talk some college football? You want to talk some college I'm kind basketball? Of exci- I'm kind of excited to see what you want to make people mad about. So. As right. long as I'm it doesn't of, make me mad, I... No, it might make you mad, Cam. I don't know. kind of ready for that. that. might make you mad. You're wearing your Back to the Future hat, but I know you like to wear Braves hats, too. Yeah. Uh, so, it might make you mad, but... No, let's go and start with it. Uh, Braves fans are pretty upset because last night, Major League Baseball announced the finalists for their major awards. They've already handed out the gold gloves, which Max Fried got his, and Adam Duvall got his gold glove as well. I don't know if that counts as a Braves gold glove or a Marlins gold glove, but... Right. Either way. So they announced the MVP finalist and the finalist for manager of the year. The three MVP finalists, Fernando Tatis, Juan Soto, Bryce Harper. No Austin Riley on that list. The manager of the year finalist, Mike Schilt, who is, I believe, got fired. I don't follow Cardinals baseball very closely, but I'm pretty sure he went on that 18-game win streak, made it to the playoffs, and got fired. Uh, You have Gabe Kapler whose San Francisco Giants won 108 games and then got beat in the first round of the playoffs by the Dodgers. Uh, and then Craig Council, whose Milwaukee Brewers made it to the playoffs and got beat in the divisional round by the Atlanta Braves. So those are your three manager of the year finals. No Brian Snitker in the manager of the year finalists. I think it's probably correct. Yeah. I, I I know a lot. <laughs> I want to be the one. I know there's a lot of Braves fans out there that are like Brian Snitker, the job he did, manager of the year. You won 88 games in the regular season. Now, do I understand? Obviously, because we talked about it every day, the stuff he was having to deal with. Yes, but even when you had Ronald Acuna Jr., you couldn't get above 500. You got to the trade deadline. Obviously, Alex Anthopoulos makes a bunch of moves. I think more so than anything, if he's not, and I don't think he is going to be one of the ones, or I don't think he was named one of them, if Alex Anthopoulos isn't named executive of the year, something's wrong. Yeah, but yeah. I, I just I pulled up the stats for a bunch of these guys, and when you talk about like OPS and stuff like that, Austin Riley was not ahead of any of them. Mm-hmm. But here's the argument I guess you can kind of make for Austin Riley. I pulled these up just to be fair, to argue both sides. He led all of those guys in RBIs. He was first with 107. He led all those guys in hits. He was first with 179. He led all those guys in games played, which to me, if you're talking about most valuable players, Austin Riley played 160 games. Ten of those, I believe, he played at first base. He had, let's see, 49 or 46.2 innings at first base. Yes, yeah. not an insignificant number, <laughs> right? It's all regular season reward, right? But this, okay. these are all regular season stats. He led all of those guys in total bases in the regular season with. 313 total bases. He had a, again, at a tougher position because the, the uh, outside of Fernando Tatis, uh, Juan Soto and Bryce Harper are outfielders. So playing a little bit easier position, Austin Riley was playing third base. Yeah. He had a .965 fielding percentage where Fernando Tatis, I believe, had a 
fielding percentage. And he had a perfect fielding percentage at first base. So outstanding in the field, playing a great third base, and hit a ton of home runs, led all those guys in RBIs, but not among the MVP finalists. But again, like Cam said, it's a regular season award. I think that's probably okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, right. Well, that and, and – Well, none of those guys outside of Bryce Harper, like, got even close to making the playoffs. Like, right, and, they, and Bryce Harper's Phillies finished six and a half games out of first place in the NL East. The Nationals were what, like 32 games under five hundred. Yeah, they had a like, rough season. Like how, yeah. like, that would be my question is, what does valuable mean? Well, exactly. Like how it's, it's valuable about can a guy you be when you, you yeah. finish 30 games under 500? Right. It's how how you determine it, like, and how they give you the award. It, it's obvious in other sports that it's not the most valuable player. It's the best player on the best team. Yeah, and the NBA has become um, the best player not named LeBron James award. Which, because they can give it to LeBron every year. Correct. That he's not hurt. Like he's literally so, the like, most yeah. valuable player on it's any It's like they go back on. and forth. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's they go, go back and forth Outside with of Michael every Jordan, other year. has there ever been a player that's more – impactful to their team like look at the teams lebron has led to nba titles a lot of those teams don't even make the playoffs without him i'm not including the heat because obviously a team with dwayne wade and chris bosh but but dwayne wade and chris bosh are going to make the playoffs like they're going to make the playoffs they'll probably make a pretty deep run in there but are they winning nba titles right no not at all i mean i saw that once once he left cleveland the first time and went to miami and we all knew how valuable he was on that Cleveland team to begin with, and then he goes to Miami and they get Kyrie, even a young Kyrie at that. Yeah. But they don't make the playoffs for like six years. Well, like, yeah, I mean, look at, like <laughs> the, look at the seasons outside of LeBron in Cleveland. It's been rough. I mean, look at look at how good Kyrie has done I after mean, he wanted his own team, quote-unquote. Like, I mean, four first overall picks <laughs> yeah. since yeah. LeBron's left? And how many of them still play there? And one of those None was Anthony Bennett. Yeah. How many games None did he them. play for the Cavs? Probably and like then 10. look at the Lakers between <laughs> Kobe leaving and LeBron getting there. It was yeah. seven seven years span where we were the worst team in the league, actually. Worst yeah. winning percentage. So, so to me, valuable means without this person, your team doesn't accomplish what they accomplish. Exactly. I don't know that 30 games, to, to talk about Juan Soto, I don't know that 30 games under 500 is accomplishing anything. No. Jorge Soler, a couple years ago, hit 48 home runs for the Kansas City Royals. Nobody cared. You know why? The Kansas City Royals suck. Like, yeah. Why do we care about Juan Soto? Uh, Fernando Tatis, yeah, he had a bunch of home runs. I think he had 42. Yeah. Right? His Up average there. was not as good, right? He had a better OPS, I think. But when we talk about fielding, I, I, I think him and Austin Riley are pretty much equal. Yeah. One guy helped lead his team to the playoffs. The other guy was caught on camera getting into an altercation with Manny Machado in his dugout as his team collapsed. So, like, what does most valuable mean to you? Okay, right. baseball might be different than all the other sports because well, it's they almost might like go, they're trying to overcorrect this mm-hmm. year. Like, yeah, they might go actually like who's the most valuable. Well, they here's here's, might here's be where I'm at that. though. I will say this: I think Austin Riley deserved to be a finalist. Bryce Harper's the MVP. Like, okay. it's not. But really you're just close. saying he deserves to be a finalist. He deserved to be one of the okay. three. Like, like how, I just don't understand how Juan Soto's up there. I don't think a person that is under 30 games. <laughs> Under like, 500, uh, uh, yeah. Under 500 well, I just, should be I, I any think, type of race. You can pile up stats on a bad team. Yeah. We've, se- we've seen a lot of guys I think he's that. he's just there because he he has done things this year that we, we haven't seen in Major League Baseball in 100 years. Like, I, I think 
like being the pitcher that he is along with the Juan Soto? Am, I, am I talking about the yeah. wrong guy? Yeah, you are. Okay, yeah, I think you're thinking about Shohei Otani, yeah, who's in fault. the AL. Yeah, he's nice. Don't just scratch. Yeah, he that. is. Yeah, we're he's not live, be the are MVP. we? Yeah, no, we're, we're very that. live. Yeah, don't worry uh, about that. No, uh, <laughs> I don't watch a lot of baseball, guys. Yeah, PJ's doing his damnedest over here. <laughs> hey, hey, there's nothing wrong That's with trying amazing. to brush up on you. That's your incredible. Info. That makes me happy. Well, don't I just like that they've been out of the, they've, this... they've, they haven't been playing for so long that I forgot don't the guy's name. No, that's fair. Don't even play in the same league. Shohan Otani. Shohei Otani. Yeah, no. But Bryce Harper, 42. Uh, doubles this year led the league in doubles. He had 35 home runs. I believe he led the league in extra base hits. It doesn't have that listed here, though. Uh, he had 100 walks this season. And I think the strikeout numbers are important. He only had 134, which you say only 134. Austin Riley had more than him. Had a 309 batting average, uh, 615 slugging, and his OPS was over 1,000. I mean, Bryce Harper was nuts this year. I, and he's the only reason they were as close as they were to the Braves down the stretch. Now, I know a lot of Braves who will point to the fact that I believe Bryce Harper in the series finale when the Phillies were trying to make a comeback against the Braves at the end of the year, mm-hmm. 0 for 11, 5 strikeouts in that series against the Braves. Yeah. So, again, it just to me it comes down to what does most valuable it, it should mean be to you. The best player on some of the top teams. I ain't say that the top team – but like a top five, top ten team well, in the league. I, Your I, team has to make the playoffs to be an MVP. I think we can talk about this with a lot of awards. Like, what is the Heisman Trophy? Yeah. That is, it now, the be- that is, is it, a confusing is it the, thing. Is it the best player on a contender? Because I say the Heisman Trophy right now, a lot of people are not going to like this. This is Jordan Davis, man. He's the best player on the I think, best team. I, I think he deserves to go to yeah. New York. He won't. I think he, he deserves does. to go to New York. He does, but even like no I'm, love. I'm a big like description guy, and and that's why I argue so much about the college football playoff and the way that it is. But it, with with the Heisman Trophy, it's what the most outstanding football player of of every single year or whatever, and and in no way, yeah, and outstanding is is you're you're just blowing minds with everything yeah. you're doing, right? It's not about oh my team is twelve and zero. And I'm the best player on the defense or the best player on the offense on said team because most likely those teams have guys around that guy that that are doing insane things as well. So like that's not outstanding to me. Like outstand. Like I think they followed the, the description really well when they gave it to Lamar Jackson and Robert Griffin III, even though they weren't on the best team and had a team that had losses on it yeah. because they were doing insane things the that Heisman year that no one else was doing. Trophy. Like yeah annually recognizes the outstanding college football player whose performance best exhibits the pursuit of excellence with integrity. The winners of the trophy epitomize great ability combined with diligence, perseverance, and hard work. The Heisman Trophy Trust's mission is to ensure the continuation of integrity of this award. So most outstanding. Right. Not most valuable. Right? Yeah. Most outstanding. You know who I think is probably going to be there at the end of the year? And I was talking about him yesterday. And I made some people mad. Caleb Williams. Right. Oh, no. Don't, why, why are you saying, oh? No, no. Let's not <laughs> fall for this, man. Why? I, I just, me personally, I would put it like this. He came, he came into what game of the season against Texas? No, but he came in with what was the situation against Texas? Yeah, I mean, it was a tough situation, yes. But I, I think it's people that's a little bit more let deserving. Me, I say Jordan Davis, Caleb Walker, out here to you. Bryce Young. Okay, you just said Bryce Young. Over the last four games, and that's since Caleb Williams came in. Caleb Williams came in in the second quarter, like right at the end of the second quarter. I think he had like a one play where he came in a rush for like, what, a 70-yard touchdown. And then you sent 
Spencer Rattler back in there, and then Caleb Williams came in and took over full-time basically for the second half, right? So really in three and a half games, but I said the last four games, Caleb Williams has 1,314 total yards, 17 touchdowns, and one interception. Over the last four games for Bryce Young, 1,427 yards, so a little bit more than 100 yards more, 13 touchdowns. So four less than Caleb Williams over the last four games. That's a touchdown yeah. less per game. Call me crazy, but he's going to have like three more Heisman Trophy moments because what does he have left on the schedule? Oklahoma State, Iowa State, there Baylor. You go. We'll like, find out he's going to have his Heisman moments coming up. I, I think Caleb Williams, watch out for him. And I'd say, too, like it, this is going to sound really weird because it, five, ten years ago, it was Big 12 doesn't play defense. SEC plays all the defense, right? Baylor and Oklahoma State – are some, some really respectable, really good defenses. Yeah, we'll find out about them soon. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, so we'll see even more from him. I would say that that's the thing. I'm not ready to jump on that just yet because he's played yeah, but teams. He's already had his Heisman moment because he's played teams like Kansas and Texas I mean, Tech. But, but, but you do that. I know. But you, you do that Texas against Baylor like and Oklahoma State. Matter, that's dude. that's my like difference. Had, that was a big game. That's though. in the Cotton Bowl. Like that's yeah. that's that's the Red River rivalry, whatever you want to call it. If I had to pick. Three players, it would easily be Jordan Davis, Kenneth Walker, and Bryce Young. I think Bryce Young's probably your favorite right now. I think Kenneth Kenneth Walker took a hit last week. Like I he think still we still had over hundred yards. I think, though. but I think we kind of saw it, right? Like, yeah, you're a Heisman Trophy favorite when you're upsetting people and beating Michigan, right, and running for five touchdowns. But as soon as you lose to Purdue, no but I mean really that's that, that's the, that's the frustrating thing with it is like oh your team lost a game yeah. well, no one could do anything around about, you yeah, but it's your fumble. fault you're gonna take but the talk hit about for what that the like trophy is it's a bunch of beat writers who have votes and they don't all have time to watch every single game and so what happens you have a big game against Michigan they all start talking about you your odds go up as soon as you lose to Purdue no one gives a rip about Michigan State anymore. <laughs> There yeah. we go. I don't know. I, I think it just you know ruins. Who people always care you, about. You talk about the in, Alabama's in the, quarterbacks. In the dis- Ohio State's quarterbacks. Yeah, that's in, what people always care about. In the description of the trophy, it says integrity. Like you're ruining the integrity of the trophy itself when you're just like, oh, you're going so to the top how, headline or whatever. Like, well, Walker, Alabama's co- Alabama's quarterbacks playing really well yeah, right nothing. now. We'll just give it to Alabama's quarterback most again. Valuable player that I'm with you, but we're not yeah. talking about valuable. They we're talking about outstanding. He's still outstanding. They are nothing without him. Was it them. last year? I'm pretty sure it was last year. It was like Buffalo's running back was running for like over 200 yards per game. Yeah. And everyone was like, man, this guy's really impressive. Maybe we should put him in the Heisman running. No. Well, no. Well, I no. agree with that. The last That's running wild. back to win I was agree with that, though. Like, what? Like, a lot of people have crazy stat seasons, but to me it has to add up to something. To me, outstanding doesn't mean you put up a lot of yards. To me, outstanding is you have, like, a huge impact. Like, that's why the Joe Burrows were, like, no-brainers. Well, yeah, because right? it, it was a combination of two. Impact, yeah. You have to have the moment, right? How do you have a moment playing at Buffalo where literally none of your games matter? And I'm not saying that's right. I'm not saying that's right. Yeah. But right now, the way FBS football works, none of Buffalo's games matter unless they are playing an out-of-conference game against a top 25 team where they can upset somebody. None of their games actually matter. It's, yeah. It's going to be pretty tough for him to win. Three of the last, only three running backs have won at the last – 20 years. Oh, it's a quarterback award. It's a quarterback sure. award, yeah. Reggie Bush, best quarterback Barry on the board, Henry, best team. And Mark, and Mark Ingram, Ingram yeah. It's, it's wow. silly. Yeah. It's a quarterback award, but also I think that kind of skews that way because the quarterback is the most important position in any sport, period. He has some games, some big games left. I mean, if you take down Ohio State, he if rushes Kenneth for Walker, 200. If Kenneth Walker, not even say 200, if Kenneth Walker has like three touchdowns against Ohio State and Michigan State wins that game, I think he's right back up there and he probably books his trip to New York. Right, 
And you'd yeah. have another chance probably in the Big Ten championship game to yep. have that national spotlight. But you have to have your moment. Like Lamar yeah. Jackson, his team wasn't great, yeah, he had but he moment. had his moment on national television where he literally eviscerated Florida State, State yeah. on national television. Same with Menzel. How many points did they put up in the first half? Like oh, it was, 49 it was, it was like or something, 40 something. like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was bad. He, Lamar Jackson had his moment. I don't know that anybody's had their moment yet outside of Caleb Williams. He's already ah, had his moment. Man. What moment? Bryce Young throws for like 300-plus yards every game. What's his moment? He's so fun, yeah. man. Love him. And I, like I he mean, threw for 300 yards and three touchdowns against LSU, and it was meh. Yeah. It's they like scored 20 Russell points. Russell Wilson. He reminds me of Russell Wilson so much, where you can improvise. Oh, Bryce Young's smooth. Yeah, if he has a moment, operator. it's going to be against – Against Auburn. It's going to have to be. Oh, Iron Bowl is a big stage, or if you be beat fun. Georgia in the SEC championship. That's is the voting after? That, yeah. Okay. Oh, the yeah. voting's after that? Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. There you go. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. It's in between. But I think I, I got a big moment, though. <laughs> I, can, I can pull up the date for you. But as a college football fan, you love just seeing, you know, good games. I'm yeah. sorry. I, I still, I know people are like, we don't want to see Bama. I, I, the cliche, I want to see them, but I, I really do. Yeah, they're, they're, they distribute the ballots on December 2nd. Their deadline is December 9th, so after Good. Okay. the SEC championship. I just remember so, yeah. watching some, some, some championship games at some point and, and people being like, yeah, I already cast my vote. And I'm like, wait a minute. Wait, is that smart? Well, like, I mean, if it's like 2019, I get it. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, easy. All right, yeah. we we're way over here. we got to take a quick break. We'll come back. Down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Georgia, Tennessee coming up 3.30 this Saturday up in Knoxville. Good old Rocky Top. Rocky Top, going to be rocking. Uh, I want to break this game down, but I maybe make some more people mad here. I don't know. <laughs> Just uh, I'm kind of workshopping this in my head. How much do you want to smack me when I say this? Okay. If I had to power rank the jobs that SEC coaches have done this year, I'd probably go Kirby Smart three. I don't behind Shane Beamer and Josh Heupel. Now, stick with me for a second. Wait a minute. Yeah, hold, hold well, the phone. I'm, I'm not mad. At, I'm mad at one of them, but not both. I don't want to smack you for a long time. Okay, and then do you know what South Carolina's record is right five now? Five and four. They're five and four. Bad. South Bad. no South Carolina is one win away from going to a bowl game. Yeah. They've had a guy named Zebuliah Noland <laughs> taking a lot of snaps for him this year, who right. was a grad assistant on the team prior to this season. He wasn't available. Their presumptive starting quarterback this year, Luke Doty, was not available. And so they get some kid named Jason Brown and throw him out there. From somewhere. And they hang 40 on Florida. Yeah. They are five and four. And listen, going back and looking at what happened to a lot of teams against Georgia, South Carolina didn't look bad. <laughs> was Georgia able to do whatever they wanted to on offense? Pretty much. They do that with every team. But Stetson came in and yeah. threw a pick. And yeah. South Carolina hit some deep balls over the top. Kevin Harris was able to get some yards. Like, with what they have and the amount of transfers they had out and just the doldrum that program was in, the fact that they are a they have three chances to get the sixth win, that's unbelievable. And then Josh Heupel, we'll get him in a second. But I'm just curious y'all's thoughts. I mean, I, I, I agree with that. I didn't know they were five and four, I'm not gonna lie. But I also uh I 
I didn't watch the whole game there with South Carolina and Florida they on Saturday. Decimated them. They but were I also like at that's that's the thing. I think Florida's a broken team right now. Like I think at the very least, South Carolina came into this year thinking like it, it's going to be a tough year. We're trying to restructure. We don't have a quarterback. Like that, this is going to be this is going to be a tough year. But let's battle through it. They're on two different ends of the spectrum right now. We're like. They're, they're still in that mindset of battling. Yeah, they've lost some games, but they're still battling in, in whatever way possible. Florida came in this year, and they were like, all right, let's come in and win the East. Like, huh? they had those expectations, and now they're just, they're just broken. And I think that's what we saw on Saturday. So I think, yes, very impressive by South Carolina. Still had to go out there and win with, with whoever they had at quarterback, like you said. Insanely impressive from that end. Uh, but I, I think they also just played a, a team that literally isn't, isn't well, going out just, there and playing football right and now. And look at like, their schedule, right? You, they beat Eastern Illinois, who I believe, Cam, if you look it up, I think that's Tony Romo's alma mater. I'm pretty Ooh, sure. Eastern um, Illinois. I think, he did. Uh, I but think so. Yeah. They beat them, and then they beat East Carolina, and that was like a last-second field goal. A lot of people were buying their fingernails. And then you get blown out by Georgia. That you is know, Tony Romo's you, alma mater. Yeah. Thank you. That is Tony Romo's alma mater. You know who scored the most points against Georgia this season? South Carolina. South Carolina. <laughs> yeah. They scored 13 points in Sanford Stadium, right? Uh and then the week after that, they're at home against Kentucky, who wound up being a top ten team, and they only lost by six. Yeah. Right. You beat Troy, who is a good Sun Belt program right now. Mm-hmm. You beat Troy. You you get blown out against Tennessee. Tennessee. We were just talking about them. They've been a pretty surprising team. You beat Vanderbilt by one point. That's a lot of question marks there. That's I think right. a lot of that had to do with the quarterback situation going on there, but. Then you come back, you get smoked by Texas A&M out at uh, Kyle Field, but Texas A&M just held Auburn to three points. That defense is finally starting to figure it out. And Zach Calzada, that's coming off that Alabama win. Zach Calzada taking over quarterback, kind of flipped that team around. I don't think that's a terrible loss for South Carolina. You get a bye week, and then you just obliterate Florida. And we, I always talk yeah. about this. You don't want to be the get-right game. I guarantee you all the Florida coaches and players were thinking, she's got smoked by Georgia. We've lost two in a row. Let's just get right. We're playing South Carolina. It'll be fine. We'll just roll out there and beat them. We're 20-point favorites. Yeah, don't worry about it. 30-10 to 10 at halftime. Mm-hmm. Like, the job Shane Beamer has done. You guys remember his post-game press conference after he played Georgia? Yeah, and yeah, yeah, just yeah like, for sure. Damn. Like, they're, they're so <laughs> you big. See, you see those guys over there? Yeah. But it's just – and Kirby Smart kind of said this. He said he, you don't have to coach what he has, right? He said that there's no coaching – that's going to out-coach great recruits. Yeah. Well, that's actually – yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with you having Kirby at three. Like, I'm just, and yeah. I'm just talking about jobs done this year. Yeah. I, w- I would say Kirby at two. Who would you have him over? Um, Shane Beamer, and this is the only reason why. He's missing a lot, like, what, four All-Americans right now? That's key to your team. Um, and your team is only giving up 13 points. But I would have Josh Heupel at one. I think Tennessee is the third, maybe second, well, third most electric offense in the SEC. They might be like top ten in the country. Yeah, top ten definitely. I will say that, but I think just in terms of like fun, like they're they, in terms of statistics, they are number one, I believe, in plays per game, mm-hmm. and then they're number uh, like they're they're way up there in terms of like points per play. And only like reason is wild. Only reason why I put Alabama and Ole Miss ahead of them because Alabama and Ole Miss beat them head to head. I don't know. I think but Tennessee's offense is better right now than Ole Miss's. It might be. Oh, right now, yeah, it might be. But I think I know a lot of people are sleeping on it. I think Georgia is in for. 
a little tough task this week. I, I think this I is the think best. Easy I think this is think the best offense Georgia's played. Yeah. all year. Couldn't agree uh, more. But just looking at Tennessee's schedule, they He's beat good. Bowling Green, and then I have showed like anybody who will watch in the office the I guess you'll call them highlights. I'll call them lowlights from the Pitt game because everyone was expecting yep. Pitt to roll in because Kenny Pickett coming back for like his ninth year at Pitt, <laughs> and they, then Pat Narduzzi and them have been really good. Comes in and that was a ball game. I mean, Pitt won 41-34, to 34, but you hadn't got a hidden hooker in there yet. And Joe Milton, this I think that was a hidden hooker, the beginning of him, mm-hmm. is Joe Milton missed six wide-open touchdowns in that game, and I'm not exaggerating. At least, yeah. Like, like dudes with no one within 10 yards of them, and he's throwing the football out of the back of the end zone, right? Yep. Hidden hooker, since he's taken over this offense, they've really taken that next step, right? They beat Tennessee Tech. They go to Florida. You lose 38-14. to 14. And the hooker That's didn't tough. play, though. That's tough. Right. Then Milton. you put 62 up at Missouri. Yep. At Missouri, right? You put 45 up at South Carolina. You get beat at home against Ole Miss, but that game was weird. There were some calls that really went yeah. Ole Miss's way. Matt Corral in the end zone. A lot of people remember that. Fans throwing bottles and golf balls at Lane Kiffin. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then Cam's mentioned this a lot. That game at Alabama, it turns out to be 52-24, but I'm pretty sure they scored 28 points. Uh, yeah, Alabama scored 24 points like no, that. 40, yeah, yeah. yeah. It so, wasn't. It wasn't that big the, of a loss. That, no, Tennessee was Tennessee was right the there with them. In the league in the second quarter or the second yeah, half, yeah. Well, either one, impressive. Mm-hmm. And then like Tennessee that. gets a bye week, and then they go to Kentucky and beat them forty-five to forty-two. Mm-hmm. Like, and no one had more transfers out this year than Tennessee had. True. You lost your best offensive lineman to Oklahoma. You lost your best running back to Oklahoma. You lost your best inside linebacker Henry Toto to Alabama. You had so many people transfer out. Cade Mays, who's up there playing offense line for him, has been hurt for a lot of this year. The job Josh Heupel's done at Tennessee has been phenomenal. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think I would I would flop them in in your rankings. I'd put Heupel at number one just because. Oh, I didn't. I, I just said they're both in front of Kirby. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, agreed, agreed. Yeah, I, w- I would have him at number one and Beamer there at number two. Not gonna lie, I, I think the Vanderbilt loss is taking Beamer down for me. And oh, they beat Vandy. They just beat him by one point. So it's, it's it kind feels, of a, it's it kind of a, like a loss. <laughs> it's kind of a loss. It feels like a loss. <laughs> a win is a win. So I think I take that. But but I mean, yeah, with with Hendon Hooker in the offense and also coming in, uh, changing the system, implementing his offense, and not only like implementing it but having it click this quickly is is insanely impressive with Tennessee. And not only that, but being in games. That like being in that old miss was insanely impressive. Probably should have won it, like you said, if it weren't for those calls and, and how crazy that game was. So um yeah, I, I think it's incredible what he's been able to do and, and I think this is, like you said, the first offense that I've looked at George and said they they might have they might have some trouble on their hands. So here comes Saturday if if they let them get going, if Georgia comes out, smacks them in the mouth, I, I think they're gonna be able to hold them down for, for pretty much the whole game. But this is the first time I can look at this and be like, they might, they might allow some points here I'll, on Saturday. I'll say this. I think Tennessee has given up 33 sacks so far this season. I yeah. think that's where this game is probably going to come down to. I know right. Adam Anderson is not going to be available for Georgia for the foreseeable future, but still, I feel like Georgia's going to be able to get after the quarterback in this one. And then Keely Ringo and uh, Darion Kendrick on the outside have been really good yeah. in coverage this year. Having Christopher Smith back, like, I – I, th- I think that 13-point, that's where Kirby Smart sets a goal for the defense every week. It's 13 points. Hold them under 13 points. You hear him after the game every time. He's like, they're like, Coach, what do you think? He's like, well, we held them under our, our score goal. Yeah. It's 13 points. 
I, I think that's the line for Tennessee's offense, as good as their offense is. Yeah. What Georgia's going to try to come in and do is just run the football, eat clock, mm-hmm. and say, Tennessee, like, and here's the thing that you do to your defense, right? Is if you come out and you go three and out, or even four and out, like you pick up a first down on your first scripted play, but then after that, you, you go up three and out. Georgia scores, go three and out, Georgia's back on the field. All of a sudden, you're like, got eight minutes left in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. Right? So Georgia's just going to try to pound the rock against Tennessee. This is going to be, I if I had to predict, I, I don't think Tennessee breaks that 13 points because everyone keeps talking about, oh, could Tennessee be the team? So what? They haven't played a defense give me, like give this. Me, give me a score. Give they scored twenty. Score they scored twenty-four against Alabama, and Alabama's defense is not great. Give right. me a, a quick Read. score prediction, though. Just a quick one. Thirty-eight ten. I could see that kind of. I could see thirty-eight seventeen. I mean, maybe. I, I could if it's see like a garbage like time that. touchdown. I can see something like that. I but think this Tennessee team. Here's the score. mistake I think everyone's making, though, is everyone's talking about this offense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, oh, is this the test for Georgia? Is it, is it, are these the ones who are going to come out and, and expose this defense? Georgia doesn't need bulletin board material. I guarantee you, Josh Heifel's like, nope, that's not us. Nope, we're uh, just mm-hmm. another team. You guys <laughs> are the best. Please stop talking about us. Please, God. For the love of God. No, but I mean, even if they get smacked 60 to nothing. Tennessee is going to go seven and five this year because they have South Alabama and Vanderbilt left on the schedule. Yeah, they win those. A lot of people thought they'd be like a four or five win team. Yeah, even Coach Heupel said himself in yeah. in SEC media days, right? He's like, well, we might lose a lot of games, but at least we're going to make it exciting. Like, yeah, hell yeah, and they have, <laughs> and they're going to beat South Alabama, and they're going to beat Vanderbilt. Yeah, and this is uh, and that's a hell of a job. If Josh Heupel and Shane Beamer can make bowl games in their first years. They, they deserve all the bonuses. Insanely impressive, for sure. we got to take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll keep talking some college football next, right here on Second Down. Dancing in the Dark. hey Should this be the official song in the College Football Playoff Selection Committee? Yes, please, because they don't know what they're talking about yeah. or looking at. We're, we're all just dancing in the dark in regards to that. Last week, Georgia number one, Alabama number two, Mississippi State. Oh, no. Mississippi State number three. They go down. Michigan to Purdue. State. Michigan State, sorry. Although I wouldn't have been surprised if they put yeah, Mississippi, Mississippi State, State number three. I mean, why not? They were 17, whatever. They basically Michigan number State. three to me. Michigan State number three. Oh. Purdue. Can Purdue make it three for three? That's my thing. Who do they got this week? Ohio, Ohio State. State. Let's go. Let's no, go. No, Cam and I were talking about this yesterday. <laughs> What's the tell, do you want to tell them the problem, Cam? Yeah, when there's expectations, yep. the Purdue Boilermakers do not rise. Well, hold no on. Expectations. Are you telling wait, me the wait Boilermakers can't handle pressure? Wait a minute right now. <clears throat> Are you no. guys trying to tell me this? Like you just had to explain. You thought you had to explain that to me. Oh, sorry, of course sorry. I know that. Big Ten expert. No, it's yeah. just one of those things where it's like. It's what they do. We call it performance anxiety, right? Where if nobody's watching, no problem. Yeah. But as soon as somebody starts paying attention, Purdue just. Well, like at a game like this, too, they're at Ohio State, which it that's just. <laughs> As a Penn State fan, you, you look at it, and it's like everything just kind of aligns for, for for Ohio State sometimes, man. It's yeah. like they didn't know. Does it always kind and, of align yeah, for Ohio they, they State, or do you just hate Ohio State because they're good and kind good of, things make things happen? Kind of, but, like, it, of course they have this year where, like, man, Purdue's upsetting everybody. It's going to be great. And guess what? They can't have Ohio State at home, right? they got to go to the horseshoe, so they're probably going to lose by 40. Doesn't everybody have to play the same amount of games on the road as at home? In, yeah, but I mean, it's just, it just, it just like, works out that way. Where's Ohio State playing Penn State this year? 
Ohio State. Ohio State got to play Michigan State in Columbus. Yeah, do, where are they? they, they are, they at, are they at the big house for the, the game? Yeah, they at the big house. That's the most Atlanta. pretentious. Who cares? That's the most pretentious name for a it is rivalry. But like, anyway. they should rename. They should rename the big house Columbus North because like that they own them. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter where year, they, they play got Michigan. Cheated. They got cheated real bad on that spot a couple of years ago. No, that they did was not. Ridiculous. No, they did not. Oh, what? no, they did not. Cam, you can't. What? You can't. You can't Cam, subscribe you can't, to that. No, you can't talk to PJ. About no, they Ohio did not. State. Y'all think Ohio State? I mean, Michigan didn't get. JT cheated? Barrett got there. No way. He did. No. He was way, right Jose. on the line. Nah. I mean, it's simple. Go back and Res- watch the replay. Respectfully, it's, it's, it's the simple, ball's on the PJ. line. It's first down. I was holy. I was upset Nikes. that game. I'm like, are y'all kidding me? That's fine. This is bad. What's up? Can What's you guys th- guess how many times since 2000 Michigan has won in that rivalry game? I think, in I think two. Game. I think two. Three. Okay. Oh, wow. They won yeah. in 2000, won in 2003, and won in 2011. Wow. Was that the... That's uh, upsetting. I think that was the sanction year for Ohio State. And Harbaugh doesn't even have a they W. They went like six and six. He doesn't have a W against them. He's only had, what, one close game? No. No, no, no. no yeah, Ohio yeah. State is going for a decade. Yeah. A decade. Decade of dominance against this is why I, I still can't believe Harbaugh has a job there. Like against Michigan, mi, against has Michigan he saved State, his job already this year. Against Michigan yes. State, Ohio State, and Penn State, he's like two and nine over his tenure. Like it's it's embarrassing how bad he yeah, is against wears, Michigan's quote unquote rivals. He wears khaki pants and cleats. Yeah, and right. Takes his team to like Paris. He's it's the true. best. He's the best thing that's happened to them in the past. What ten years? I guess. God, he went. He wins. You know, your little nine to ten games. Well, hasn't he been there for ten years? So Brady Hoke has he been there? He hasn't been. It's been like five or six. Yeah, but yeah. Brady, so Brady Hoke like had 10. Michigan player, Michigan playing better than Harbaugh. Get out of here. That is that? a statement. I don't. I don't know about that. It depends one. on the year. That is. A <laughs> it depends on the year. <laughs> that is a. <laughs> it depends on. That is a I was about to say. I don't know about that one, but I do know he consistently. He finished wins off really bad. Nine to ten. Can Can anybody tell games. me where Brady Hoke is right now? No. I don't even know how he got to Michigan. Is he a coordinator somewhere? No, he's a head coach. Where at? That's why I just asked you. I don't know. Like, I don't know. You know, though. San Diego State? Yes, he is the head coach at San Diego State. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You, nah, see, you really didn't know that. You <laughs> No, I'm not, there's no way he actually knew that. You, you no, guess. PJ guessed. That you was a guess. Yeah, that was a, that was a guess. straight up guess. PJ I went, thought. He San went as far west or away from Michigan as he could, <laughs> was, except for Hawaii. Wow. I was going to go San Jose State, but I think they're having a good year, and I was like, nah, it's San too Diego good. State is having a good year. No, yeah, San Diego State is in their they're third top. season with old Brady Hope. Brady Hope. They were top 25 at some point this year if they're not still top 25. So, I, Were they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, no, 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 no. I think yeah. you're right. Maybe in the a- they might be in the AP, but they're not in the college football because no, college football only power playoff. You rank yeah, yeah. Because you Cincinnati. don't do that. Yeah. Yeah, they were in the AP though. We don't. They are, they are receiving votes. Good so basically, they're ranked twenty eighth. Getting right a nice now. pat on the wow. back. San Diego State is ranked twenty eighth. They That's lost a, to Fresno to drop them out of it because they were number twenty four. Can't lose to the Bulldogs, man. Fresno State. They're good. Beat a couple Pac twelve teams. They almost beat Oregon. Yeah. Why I mean, are we God? How did we get here? I don't know. He P- gets for San Diego State. PJ's, no, PJ's utter hatred towards Ohio State and saying how they always get lucky. It's just it always works out for them, man. No, PJ, do you know what luck is? <laughs> do you know what luck is? Don't say it's anything. when opportunity <clears throat> and practice meet. 
Okay. So an opportunity coaching moment of the day right now. What do you do? Ohio State when they play Michigan, they'll be they'll be on upset alert. No, Ohio State when they play Michigan Michigan is going to demolish. They're going to demolish Michigan. You got to take. You have to give a hot take. Some Michigan. No, that's fine. You're rocking with Michigan and Cade McNamara. This is Absolutely. how this is going to go. You played pretty well against Michigan State. Oh, he took like 300 yards and still got benched against Michigan State. We can circle back to this in like in like three weeks, but this is how this is going to go. I'd rather not. Three weeks, okay? I'd rather no, 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 not. This is yeah. how the, Ohio State's going to beat Purdue by like 28 points. Ohio State okay? Michigan State. And then we're all going to rave about how amazing their offense is, even though they just barely beat Nebraska 23-16. to mean, Master like, Teague and Travion Henderson are pretty, pretty oh, good. Yeah, they're pretty good. You guys played Michigan but, this week. Uh, what, what, I'm not talking hate about week. that. I'm not talking Come about on, that. PJ, hate week. I'm not talking ah. about that. They're going to beat Purdue by 28 and get now everyone on, on the bandwagon again with their offense. And then they're going to beat Michigan State like 13 to 10. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be gross. PJ, but they're still going to win. Michigan's going to have then, two losses after this week. And then they're going to beat Michigan by like 48 points because they own Michigan. Yes. And but then they're going to make it in the college football yes playoff no. committee. Yes or no? Michigan's going to have two losses after this week. Yeah, I can see that. Because they're playing Penn State. Where's that one at? It's in Beaver Stadium, and it's at, it's, it's it's at noon. But like oh, this, oh, yeah, yeah, that's the problem. This well, team, big, big this is gonna sound really weird. Oh. This team doesn't play well in the daylight. I don't think that sounds weird at all. Yeah, Penn State does not play yeah, well. Yeah, you at shouldn't. Noon. You're at Beaver Stadium. There should never be a day game at Beaver. Guess Stadium. Guess when they lost to, to Illinois noon. Yeah, you should never play a day game at Beaver Stadium. Oh yeah, that nine overtime. You gotta play Mo Bamba oh. at like eight thirty. That's when they lost to Iowa. No, that was 3.30. No, no, that was like 4. That was, that was 4, four o'clock. That yeah. was weird day, game. It was still daylight. It was daylight. No, for only, sure. Penn State should only play at night and at Beaver Stadium. Completely agree. That's where I'm at with that. We got to take it out of works out. Let's leave it running for a second. We got a tweet, PJ. And they said you can take out the daylight part when he said Penn State's not good. Okay. And then they care. went on to say Sean Clifford is, quote, doo-doo. Oh, yeah. So big. Just like a one-winged dove says, yeah. do, baby, do, baby, do. Uh, big time. Do you want to guess who sent that tweet in? I think that was my brother. That probably. is your brother. No. He was uh, talking about a you know, one-winged dove flying right in the defensive line. That's Sean Clifford. <laughs> or backpedaling for 30 yards before he spikes it in the pick, ground. If you had to pick one song, one classic rock song, to define Penn State's existence, PJ, what would it be? Oh, God. Living on a prayer? That might be it. The prayer's not Sean Clifford. It's Jahan Dotson. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. You kind of put me on the spot there. Huh? Highway to hell? I, I don't know. Oh, I don't, no. <laughs> I don't know. That might be it. Wow. You all right, man? <laughs> this is getting dark. What about the REM song, Everybody Hurts? <laughs> That's good. Listen, man, this is therapy for us. <laughs> PJ's not on here on Monday. He's just got to sit at home and... That was one of those weeks where you like your team gets a win, but it doesn't really feel like a win. No, that, again, like just thank God we have Jahan Dotson in that defense. Like the defense and Jahan Dotson are our top five material. Everyone else on that team's just ugh. Listen, you always know on Tuesdays right here on Second Down, you're gonna get some good Penn State talk. But we do have three and out coming up next. They'll be joined by former Georgia quarterback David Green. Uh, John Nelson from GPB Sports will swing by, and former Jaguars defensive end Ryan Davis as well. All that coming up next on 3 and Out right here on ESPN Radio.